Thanks for checking out Coffee Pods, a coffee break length look into the Christian healing ministry. This season, we're chatting through how we can find hope when life hurts. So whether you're an Americano, a cappuccino, or a latte, there is something here for you. So pick up your coffee mug, plug yourself in, and let's go. Hey, Wes, how you doing? Yep, yeah, uh, it's uh, reasonably sunny, but you never know. It might uh, it might all change. <laughs> it might do. It might do. Uh, it's good to be back with you and really good uh, to be back with all of those who are listening. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Um, today, we're going to be exploring again um, hope when life hurts. And the topic that we have chosen today is suicide. Um, so just before we start, I just want to acknowledge that we know that this is this is a real life hurt. And if this is something that is a reality for you um, or somebody you know and love, um, we're just journeying with you here and we'll take it gently. Uh, but please do try and uh, stick with us as we'd love to bring you some hope today through this podcast. Um, so, Wes, first of all, it'd probably be good to just get an idea what we mean by suicide so have you got anything that can help well it is a difficult prop, uh, thing to talk about and actually yeah. particularly in church and i think that's part of the problem you know that we don't talk about the things that really do impact people's lives and, it, and it's really interesting um uh, in when you look into the subject one of the things that comes out is that strange enough most people have thought about it not maybe necessarily doing it but have thought about the issue and the possibility mm. at some point in their life, which is like quite staggering, um, uh, really. Mm. Um, I would, like you, I, right at the beginning, I just say all life is precious. And for everybody's listening, you are precious. You are absolutely precious. Um, I recognize that this is more than just about an individual. It's about family and friends and the community that journey with a person and you know, tragically also afterwards as well. Um, funnily enough, the, the, the Samaritans say that 25% of their contacts are about this issue. So 25% of the people mm. who call in may not be contemplating suicide, but they'll talk about it. And yeah. fact, I wonder, I wonder, Lisa, if people talk about this outside the church a whole lot more than <laughs> inside. What do you think? I think, yeah, I think so. I, um, I, I think sometimes, I mean, we've spoken about it with some of the other topics, haven't we, that we might be embarrassed to talk about it in, in church, or it may seem as though we're backsliding or, you know, we're not spiritually okay. But it's funny you say it because um, I was with my hairdresser this week um, and we were just talking about life um, and, and listening to people. And she said that she quite regularly um, calls the Samaritans, um, not necessarily because of uh, contemplating suicide, but it's somebody to listen to. And for her, it was a re- it's a really easy thing. She's not a Christian, but a really easy thing to actually just go, actually, I need some help with this and to speak about it. Isn't that brilliant? In fact, um, I, one of my mates was a hairdresser and I just said to him one day, I said, you make a great pastor. Yeah. And he said, why? I said, well, just think about it. People sit in this chair. Yeah. They talk to you and you listen yes. to them. And yeah. I, I did point out that he also takes money off them, but that was. Not <laughs> um, interesting enough, not everybody appears suicidal. Yeah. 
um, they say that some people can appear, uh, you know, in inverted commas or normal, whatever normal is. Um, they can be a, appear to be functioning. They can appear to be outwardly in control, even though they are carrying and, and covering some a deeper pain that goes with it. Um, funny enough, when it comes to taking your own life, um, uh, middle-aged men, uh, we are the most vulnerable because mm. we're the least likely people to talk about it. Yeah. I don't know no, no, whether what you notice what I've done, but I put myself in the category of middle-aged <laughs> men, which my family would find very funny. But actually, it, it's true. Middle-aged men, they find it most difficult to talk about it, and they're the most vulnerable, most likely to, mm. to do it. Um, just recently in this year, as uh, looking at um, COVID, they've said that the mental health of young people, children and young people, has worsened, and that uh, 7% of... Um, those under under 17 before the age of 17 um, were asked uh, when asked the question have they ever hurt themselves on purpose in an attempt to end their life seven percent of them said yes they had wow yeah which is an in incredible sort of statistic it and, is. and funnily enough I, I never knew this before I started looking into it but some people live with what is called suicidality have you ever heard of that I haven't can you explain it well, yeah, and and I, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know about it, um, but it is um, a, a condition where people live with a bias to the thought of suicide, if not necessarily doing the deed. Mm. Uh, somebody, one of them, uh, just li listening to them, and they described it as a dark impulse that is always hovering mm. inside, and so some people live with that, and and the. The chances are, you know, there are people in church who, for whom this is a thing. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so it, it's really it's really quite a thing, really. Yeah. But it's interesting as you just sort of mentioned some of those facts and information because, as you've just said, there will be people within our church communities who who will be feeling like you've just explained. And the other thing I then wonder as well is like those those kids who aren't yet 17 who have taken part in a survey what's then in place for them um who have said yeah actually that is that is how I felt at some point in my life mm -hmm. what what then is in place for them well yeah and, and isn't it funny because it has great implications for Christian youth work or any youth work yeah yeah you know and, and actually I, I I found um that that at times the church talks about the things that are completely irrelevant to young people, <laughs> yeah. but the things that the young people talk about among themselves, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're the real life issues. And mm. I think, you know, it's a, it's a big challenge. Um, th there was a man called Albert Camus way, way back. Um, okay. He was a French existentialist philosopher. He was an atheist, funnily enough. Mm -hmm. And um, he said that there is but one truly philosophical problem in life and that is suicide and and what he does is he cites the story of sisyphus you heard of sisyphus there you go uh, not a bible character but somebody from greek mythology and um sisyphus is uh in greek mythology is the king of corinth he is proud and he is cruel and uh something that you should never do in greek mythology is tick the gods off which he yeah. does they get very <laughs> naffed off about him and so zeus um condemns him for eternity to 
roll a huge enchanted boulder up a hill only for it to sort of roll down the other side and come back to the very beginning. And, and he has to do that forever. And, and Camus's sort of um, question is, why doesn't Sisyphus kill himself? Mm. Knowing that this is never going to change, what is it? You know, why, why does he keep doing it? And that's the, the philosophical question. And so what he brings out is the fact that um, it, it's to do with hope, funnily enough. Mm. And it's when you lose that place of hope. And so he says, actually, the only reason that Sisyphus doesn't um, kill himself is, is because you have to imagine him happy. Mm. Which is like, you know, this incredible sort of thing, you know. Um, and, and actually, it's really interesting that this, this place of, of hope, and isn't it amazing? We've just done Greek mythology and French philosophy in 20 seconds. <laughs> I mean, but but it, it does raise the question, what happens when we come to a place where we feel life isn't worth living? Yeah, it's a good question as well, like thinking about um, how life could look different for you. Um, you mentioned, I think it was in Acorn Christian Live this last week, actually, that um, we can let today shape our tomorrow. Um, and that's even in the, the dark times as well, isn't it? And I suppose hope is what helps us realize that today can shape tomorrow even though i'm feeling absolutely awful and i don't want to be here yeah yeah mm. I mean, that, that's absolutely true and you know we all have those moments and and it's the shades of darkness that go with that that, that mm. take you know whether you put the kettle on and make a cup of tea or whether it, it's more serious for you um mm. in fact it's interesting that camus adds that he says that suicide is an act that is prepared in the silence of the heart. Oh, wow. Incredible, powerful statement mm. um, and, and whatever. Anyhow, so, you know, um, uh, some people have said that in, in a desire for the, something painful to stop, they just want to go to sleep and not wake up. Mm. Uh, and I guess, you know, you can understand that. Yeah, um, definitely. And things get so painful. Um, for some, having someone to talk to is absolutely the key. Um, somebody just to listen to the story, to let them share their feelings. So, someone who's not shocked by the answer to the question, how bad is this for you? Mm, mm. And somebody said, that's just a great question to ask. And, and in fact, the Samaritans, when they actually just listen, they don't. Yeah, they do. Them. Yeah. You know. They, and actually, I think sometimes as Christians, um, and here's a plug for Acorn Christian Healing Foundation listening course, you know, mm. it teaches you to listen, not to interrupt, mm. and not to give your opinion, you know. Um, but what a great question. How bad is this for you? Mm. you know? um, but some others have said um, asking for help is terrifying. Mm. You know, even in church, asking for help. Still yeah, there. I think because you want you worry maybe what people will think. Um, and I think even I mean, because I, I was a youth worker, as you know, for quite a while. Mm. And I, you know, I take my hat off to the, the young people who did actually just be completely honest about how they were feeling in life, <laughs> because it's not it's not an easy thing to do that. No, it isn't. And actually, mm. I, you know, I worry that sometimes the way churches we're encouraging people to be false about how they're feeling mm. all the time 
because you know the, just the idea you make Jesus look bad yeah you know? yeah and, and of course the truth is you don't <laughs> yeah yeah it, it it's not nothing um uh, it's funny enough they've said that um in in the process of of asking help and and and, and some people are terrified asking their doc their medic for help because mm. somebody said that they can see the moment they bring up the subject the person stops listening and goes into system action you know okay you mentioned this word i need to do this and, and i say yeah and they stop listening to them and they said that's really hurt in fact uh, they reckon that somewhere between 40 to 50 percent who are, of people who attempt suicide have seen a health professional in the previous four weeks oh really wow you know now please i'm not knocking health professionals because yeah you could, you could put vicars pastors and everybody else <laughs> in the same category but you know it's, it's a bit of a thing mm. and and so actually i think in a sense you think you, you mentioned about your hairdresser just the ability to listen to people mm. can actually be fundamentally you know the key thing the thing that can help yeah that, that's a good point actually like i mean if you're listening to this now and you're thinking you know where do I go with this this thought or feeling I've got maybe trying to find somebody um close to you or you actually could be completely disconnected it could be the Samaritans yeah that you yeah. just go to um to be listened to uh, I think that would be a really helpful point something actually was that I've heard a lot when it comes to suicide is people saying how selfish it is to do that and it's almost the coward's way out um I think that can obviously be a very damaging thing to say, but how do you think God feels about that? That you know, is it a selfish thing to do? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know, there is there is the added pain for the people who are left behind. Yeah. Okay, so that's where your question is. You know, mm. um, a husband takes his life, leaves the wife and, and children, or yeah. vice versa. You know um and or children who you know in, in that place what, what what's that like and and i know that people have said that the added pain um for those left behind is is things like not knowing why never knowing why yeah you know the, the fact that the person was alone yeah um, failures on the part of people who had a duty of care mm. whether you know legal medical the police whatever mm. um and, and a lack of of justice say from the coroner's system all of that help you know yeah. adds to the pain yeah can't ever resolve this so what about god well um do you know I, sometimes i feel, i do feel sorry for god because as the church we do really screw things up <laughs> badly so back in sort of the medieval uh church um uh and even not quite so medieval um there was this thing about venal sins and mortal sins so what's the difference sin, ah, yeah okay, thank you, you. <laughs> okay well a venal sin is something that you sin but you it does not fundamentally affect your salvation okay right a mortal sin did okay right and suicide was regarded as a mortal sin the reason being that you did you had no opportunity to repent after you had committed the sin yeah and therefore you were no longer in a place of grace and actually as a as a as a, as a result of that you were not allowed to be buried 
on holy ground. Oh, wow. And can I just say, first of all, that was not God at all. Please, if you're listening, mm -hmm. that was not God. That was more to do with the religious system and, 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 and inadequate understanding and whatever. And I'm not knocking anybody else's church. I'm just saying that that's not what God is like. Mm. Um, and actually, if for some family and friends, Lisa, that is still really, really painful. Absolutely. Their loved one was not allowed to be buried yeah. in the church, particularly if they were a Christian. Yeah. And life got to a point and they took their own life and they weren't even allowed to be buried in the churchyard of the church that they attended for most of their lives. Mm. And if that is you and you're a relative and family of that, you deserve an apology. Yeah. And on behalf of the church, can I say sorry? Because that was not really anything to do with God. Mm. If you ask me now, I think the position of the church is this, that God has great understanding and compassion when we get to those moments where we think i can't go on mm. i don't think god says to us you're being selfish or you know i think god understands um and in fact i think if i could put it this way i don't think god condemns people when they're in that moment no um, no I, I think god let me put it like this i think he wraps them in his arms and mm. he says, it's okay. I'm here. Mm. You're safe with me. Absolutely. I can see that. Yeah. That, mm. that is the God and father of Jesus of the Bible. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's what happens. I, I, I think that's, think, sorry, go on. I don't, I don't think he withdraws from us. No, I think it, you know, he, he doesn't do that in any other situation. So why would he pick this one thing that is not is out of line of his character, isn't it, to, to do that? It is. And, and at the very point when we have come to the lowest place that we could ever inhabit, I am absolutely comforted by the fact that Jesus has been there. Eloi, Eloi, mm. lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My, mm. You know, you could interpret that, Lord, this feels like life isn't worth living anymore. And, and certainly, you know, he experiences what we do. But how about this from Psalm 88? Psalm 88 is one of those incredible psalms because, you know, the psalms, they say, Lord, what's going on? Help us. Yeah. And they get to the end and say, yeah, the Lord is my help and it's going to be all right. Mm. Psalm 88 does not. Oh, okay. It's the only psalm that doesn't really resolve. Wow. It's the psalm that says, God, this is really bad and I can't see any way out. Mm. And you're just waiting for the, and, and <laughs> listen to this. Yeah. This is Psalm 88, verse three. I am overwhelmed with troubles. My life draws near to death. So we, we generally translate that as being, you know, things are killing me. Mm. I wonder if you could take it a different way as well. I think so. And say, look, I am, I am drawing near to the point of, mm. of death. So, I think God has compassion for us. I, I think for all of those who have journeyed with those who have lived that life and then experienced that event, I don't think God withdraws. I think he is present. Yeah, you might not feel it, but my assurance is, my confidence is that God does not leave us 
in the extreme moments of our sorrow and that dark impulse that grips hold of us. Mm. And, and for that, uh, as a Christian, as a, as a vicar, as a, as a church leader, as a disciple of Jesus, I think that that is what the cross is also about for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I think something, I mean, just from personal experience of when you're in a, you know, in a very dark moment, it's, it's almost impossible to just snap out of the thought or to get on with something else and, or, and to get on with your day or, or whatever. And um, sometimes prayer is really hard. And if you're listening, you may realize prayer is really hard, but something, and you just mentioned the cross where something that's been so good for me is just to speak out the name of Jesus yeah, off yeah. my lips. Um, and that can actually then bring me into a place where I'm just, I can function. <laughs> um, so I, I would recommend as well, yeah, remembering the cross and what that means for you and also speaking his name out uh, loud wherever you are at that time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's interesting, the people who have um, had loved ones who have um, died in this way, um, I remember one lady saying to me, um, she, I said, what advice would you give? And she said, just, walk just keep walking mm. let, let god enter into the the, the grief yeah. and she said that some days she could only take one step and god said okay that'll do today absolutely maybe we'll yeah. do another one tomorrow yeah i'm um, interesting enough just for everybody um i have also talked to church leaders who have been in this same place mm. who have felt that and said you know uh i don't think i can carry on mm. so I am glad that God is understanding and present. Absolutely, yeah. Would you kindly pray then, Wes, for those who are listening? Yeah, we'll do. I, I think you. there are two things. I, I just say for those who are in need right now, you've come across this, and maybe this is just a, a, a moment that's interrupted the flow of thought. So let me pray, and let me ask you to do one thing. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you know us and you know these moments. And together, Lord, I'm simply asking you now that you will come to us in such a way that we know that you're present, that we know that we are safe. And Lord, open a door for us and show us a way through. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. And for those who've walked with others and are walking maybe with others even now. Father, there are days when we can't even articulate what we feel. Lord, I thank you that there's no need to tell you things that you're already aware of. And I pray for family and for friends and for communities who have experienced this sorrowing. And Lord, I do thank you that you journey with us, even unseen, in our sorrow, in our mourning. And Lord, though we will never forget, may we also be aware that you are the God who gently leads us out of the darkness into a, a lighter place. 
So be present with us and with all of these today in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can I just say, if you're in a place right now that is dark, um, find someone appropriate you can talk to. Mm -hmm. Maybe even phone the Samaritans. But just get in contact with somebody, email, send a text message, pick up the phone, go see someone. And, and just l let them listen to your story because you are precious and you are loved. Mm. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Wes. That's brilliant. And um, just a little plug, as Wes mentioned earlier, if, you, if maybe you're supporting somebody or um, you've lost somebody to suicide, uh, we've got a fantastic event taking place next month looking at grief and loss, as well as the listening uh listening modules that you can do if you would like to be able to listen to people who are hurting so do check that out on our website uh, but for now thanks for joining us and we look forward to catching you again soon and see you later wes yep take care bye bye we hope that you found this week's episode of coffee pods helpful and inspirational if you like what you're listening to please give us a like and share we'll catch you soon Thank you.